Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. How many of you really encountered the presence of the Lord in a unique or special way this morning? Yeah. There's... um, There's something that is exciting, the Spirit of God in this season, when we choose to abandon ourselves to Him. And I have, um, as I've prayed, I've I've thought long and hard about my message this week, and um, I have no idea where this is going to go, because worship messed me up, you know, it's like... All right, I thought I had a good sermon to address the issues that need to be addressed, and the Spirit just does it. But there's one verse that he's had me camped on, and and I think we're just going to talk about it briefly and talk about abandonment to the Lord. Um, I think that this this is the place that we need to be today, is in a place where we let go of all the things that have held us back. There was an encounter, and many of us have talked about this encounter that we had in LaBarge, Wyoming, where we were in the middle of worship and the presence of God came and there was this fear of the Lord, this awe of God that sat in the room and all the room could do was sing holy. And people were getting set free and other people were... It was like people said it was like God reached down and and just took hold of them and said, yeah, all that stuff you're worried about, no, you're mine. Like, you're mine. You're mine. It was just this amazing encounter. And um, one of the processes, it just reminds me so much of how God does not want to play second fiddle in our lives. He doesn't want to be in a secondary position that when it gets hard, we consult the king of the universe. And um, I feel like a a lot of this is around, like the thing that God changed in me this last year was this need to be approved by man. I love you. I do care what you think, but I don't. And I'm, I'm okay if what boundary I give or the thing that I feel like needs to happen, um, you don't like it. I'm okay because I'm I'm trying to really do that with the utmost humility to hear the Father and be interested in your heart. More than about the function or the role or the boundary or the, like, okay, maybe there's a boundary or maybe there's something that has to shift, but What's your heart? Like, I'm concerned about your heart. And I think that the Lord is calling us to a place of letting go of our expert opinion. Because we all have them. We all look at situations and we look at people and we look at what's happening and We stand on our high horse in judgment and we point our finger at it. And 
the Lord is saying to all of us, can you stop pointing at that and just get your eyes on me? Will you humble yourself and not assume to know everything? Let me move in you. Let me work in you. So I've felt this burden around learning how to be abandoned to the Lord. You can leave the house lights up, please. I don't know how those got down, but it just went, awesome. Um, yeah, let's keep those up so people can make notes and read the word and, and all that business. Thank you. All right. So um, we're going to read in Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to read verses 4 through 10. Okay. Um, and in this, I'm, I really believe that there are absolute keys that God has for us in abandoning, abandoning ourselves to the Lord. The original title of my sermon was Finding the Plumb Line of Hope, right? Like, like, how do you find hope when it seems hopeless? How do you find that center of, I am so confident in the Lord that I view everything through a lens of hope instead of despair? Because my God is so big my God is so big that the things that are happening here, yeah, but he's so big, right? So I, I feel like that was kind of where I was going at first, and, and, and when we lack hope, we're, we become apathetic. When we lack hope, we, we tend to try and become solution-oriented, and we try to fix all the problems on our own, and we fight and, and, and crawl and grab, and we do all these things to try and fix the problem in our own because we don't have hope to endure through something. We want to fix it now, and then we get ourselves in a whole heap of trouble, and then it doesn't get fixed, and then we become more hopeless, and the devil's like, see, I got them. I got them stuck in hopelessness because they never put their eye on Jesus. And when they did put their eye on Jesus, they never gave it to him. They just asked them to come alongside to bless the thing that they're doing instead of saying, God, what do you want to do? Okay, I'm preaching to myself this morning. This is awesome. I praise the Lord that you guys are going to receive this morning. And yet... There's something around learning how to let go of ourselves, let go of our desire for the circumstances to look the way we want them to look, for the timing. I don't know all the aspects of God's timing. He just appoints a time. And when I miss it, he reappoints it. I don't, I don't get it. But the Lord is good. And um, we'll, just, we'll just read some verses and I, I'll have some thoughts and, and I'll read a quote about abandonment to you this morning and, and we'll see what the Lord does this morning. He's here. He is moving in our midst. And, and he's changing our hearts and minds and until we learn to let go and abandon ourselves fully to him, I feel like we're going to be swimming around the presence instead of really walking in the presence. Does that make sense? Like you can have your worship encounter, but if that stops here, 
we, we, we miss the boat. Because we're to be walking encounters with God. We're to be so abandoned to the Lord that when we walk in a room, everything changes. We should be so abandoned to the Lord that when I have a conversation, I can be bold enough to speak love and hope and truth and watch God supernaturally break through because I'm abandoned. I'm no longer concerned with my comfort and I'm no longer concerned with other people's opinions of me. Again, I'm preaching to myself. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. I'm going to read out of the New King James. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, let's just be clear. The but God statement there is that uh, we were we were completely lost. We were sons of disobedience. We were by nature children of wrath. We, we did not know God. We deserved death, condemnation, hell. Was what we deserved, but God. But God, who is rich in mercy because his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive. Say alive. Together with Christ, by grace, you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show, say show, the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The verse in that, in that context, the verse that the Lord kept saying to me all week, I'd be driving along and I'd hear Ephesians 2.10, Ephesians 2.10, Ephesians 2.10. I mean, like, like all the time, Ephesians 2.10. So I've just been meditating and meditating, and, and I felt like it's inappropriate to twist Scripture to cause there to be a spirit of performance coming on the body of Christ to say you got to work harder, you got to do more because God has set aside good works. How many, how many of you guys ever heard this verse and walked away feeling like I'm not doing enough? All right, this guy did. I was created. I was created in Christ Jesus for good works. I misworked. I was created for good works, so I just got to do more. No. That is not what the scriptures are talking about here. But he is talking about good works. He is talking about good works. He's talking about things you should be doing because of grace and mercy. Because what God has poured out into our lives, we should be doing some things. Apathy in the body of Christ has to go where we sit and we're waiting for lightning to strike. And we're like, God, I told you, they, I'm not going to do it until you do it. What? 
I'm waiting for you to move that mountain, God. I'm waiting for you to move that mountain. And God's like, can you just listen and obey me? Can you just like, like I'm giving you something to do. Will you, because this, like sometimes we don't see clearly. Can we agree with this? We don't see what God is doing clearly. So he says, I'm inviting you into something so that that breaks open the next thing for you. And it's not so that you can earn more favor or be more holy or do more stuff for Jesus. He just says, listen, I got something prepared for you. Will you partner with me? Will you step into it? And the reason why we don't step into it is because we got our hands so tight. We haven't let it go. We're going to figure it out. We're going to do it. I don't like that thing, God. That makes me uncomfortable. So, God, I'm asking that you do it a different way. Because I don't like that. God, do it a different way. No, 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 no. God, no, no, no. I've been down that road before. It was too painful. Oh, but wait. His divine power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. It was by mercy and grace that you were saved. And it is by mercy and grace that he calls us to partner with him in the little. We've got to become an abandoned people to let go of our own opinion so that we can hear his. Verse 2.10, Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. He didn't say run in them. He didn't say wait for them. He said just walk in them. How many of you know our God is a walking God? He's not in a rush. He's a walking God. I just have to say, last week we talked about our purpose, and the reason why we're here, which is really clear at the beginning of this passage in verses 4 and 5, is that mercy and love are why you are here. It is His mercy and His love that brought you into the kingdom and that you were saved by. That is why you are here. The, 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 The big why, how did I get here question is His mercy and His love. Amen? It is his mercy and love that brought us here. And you are alive because of grace. You are alive in Christ because of his grace. Not because of what you do, but because of his grace. Not because of how good you are, but because of his grace. We have to get our identity rooted in mercy, love, and grace. Otherwise, we will think more highly of ourselves than we ought. I'm here by the mercies of God. I'm here by the grace of God because he loved me and loves me. He extended divine mercy to a soul that was damned. He extended divine grace so that I could follow him when I can't. When I literally don't have a way, he makes a way and grace covers me and allows me to move into places that I could never move into on my own. 
I, the word sin is interesting because it says that we're dead in trespasses and sin. The word sin, you know, we talk about missing the mark, but it also means you have no share in. That you have no share in. When, the, when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, they lost their share in, in everything that God had created for them. Wow. They didn't have a share in eternal life anymore. And God didn't want him to usurp that, so he hid the tree of life. Guarded it so that they wouldn't be bound for all eternity in their sin. Because if they were sinful and then they ate of the tree of life, that's a bad deal. Because sin produces death. All right, I felt some heads going. All right, it's good. So what has happened? God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You had no share in the life that God intended for you under sin. And now you've been raised up and you're seated in Christ in heavenly places. You've been given a full share of what God has in store for you. You've been given a full share. Can I just say this? You don't sit here anymore. You've been seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. You have a new position to live life from. Often, the reason why we don't fully let go and abandon ourselves to whatever the Lord has for us is because we don't realize that we're already seated in heaven. And when we let go, we can receive the fullness of heaven right here and right now. We can receive the fullness of what God has for us when we let go of our desire to hang on to control in this world. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. I love this. He's raised us up together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ, that the ages to, in that the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You know what? God's putting you on display. He's putting you on display. There's a key word here. So that in the ages to come, he might show. He might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. We are on display to reveal the kindness of God, what the kindness and grace of God looks like to the world. And we've talked about this a lot this morning, right? Revival's in you, you're a light. God 
you know, you got a dark place, the light comes in, boom, it heals it. So like this is the kindness of his grace at work in us. We talk about God, I have a need and I'm touching the hem of the garment, right? I'm going to come to you and I'm going to say, God, I, I just need you and I need you. And, and the whole purpose in all of this is not just for you. It is show, to show the kindness in the grace of God to the world around us. The gift is bigger than you. When the glory comes for the revelation of grace on your life, because when God's grace is revealed and you're empowered, people don't always see Jesus. They might just see you because they don't realize that that's a work of God. So so people will, will begin to give you glory. Can I, let me just tell you, it's okay for people to notice how amazing God is in you. It's okay for people to go, wow, you're amazing. And to not be like, oh, I'm a worthless worm, it's only Jesus. No. I'm a son of God, I'm a daughter of God, and God's at work in me. Maybe you could do it with some confidence. Maybe you can say, God's really good in me and be confident about it. Humility is knowing it's Him. It's not always about making yourself small, but making Him really big in you. So, God's calling us into a place to reveal the glory of his kindness and his grace to the world around us. And when the world around us notices, because listen, God's putting you on display for the world to see his kindness and his grace. His kindness and his grace. If the words come, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to speak a little harsh maybe for a moment. Just, I'll just bear with me. If the words coming out of your mouth don't reveal the kindness and the grace of God, can we just start zipping it a little? Can we just start like maybe like ask the Holy Spirit to come in and overtake your mouth muscles? <laughs> or maybe your thumb on your phone? Allow God to, to, to come in invite him into that place because we are here to reveal and display the kindness of his grace. I'm not saying don't speak the truth. Just speak it his way. Instead of it being, you disagree with me on Facebook? We going, buddy. I'll show you. How about we turn the other cheek and respond with grace? You can't count how many times in real life you take the hit and you come back with grace and love and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. They apologize because you didn't have the same spirit and you're operating from a different place and they're like, oh, Oh, you're not the evil thing I thought you were. Because they had vilified you. 
Quit giving them fuel for the fire, people. <laughs> you guys okay? I'm a little fired up, a little saucy. The glory is the Lord's, amen? He gets all the glory. And so you can be confident in who you are and have him have all the glory. See, then we, we come down to verse 8 and 9. Grace, you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. God wants to show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ. By grace you've been saved. For by grace you've been saved. Not of your own works. Not of your own capacity and ability. This is humility. is being reminded of the grace of God at work in you. So that when, when that glory comes. Listen, God wants a people who are willing to stand on the rooftops and shout the kingdom and to be signs and wonders, Jim, signs and wonders to the world around us that they marvel at and they're not sure what to do with you. When they go, wow, you're amazing. I can't believe that. that I, like, what, what is it about you? that? Uh, listen, for by grace I've been saved. Through faith, and that not, that not of myself, and it's not of my works. I have nothing to boast about, but I know who he made me. I'm just doing what God told me to do. I'm honoring him, and I want to honor you. That all leads up to verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before him that we should walk in them. God made you with a purpose in Christ. He made you with purpose. You're his workmanship. There's an increase of understanding and insight in the believer's lives right now, I see it happening all over, where people are waking up to their own value before the king of the universe. Like, no, you're so valuable that Jesus came and died for you, and now you need to treat yourself as if you're that valuable. And you need to act like you're that valuable. Instead of treating yourself like garbage... You begin to treat yourself as if you are the righteousness of Christ. As if you were the method through which God wanted to reveal His grace and glory to the earth. That's you. That's you. God left you. He didn't rapture you the moment that you got saved for the explicit purpose. He didn't call you up for the explicit purpose of you being a light. The reason we're not lights is because we're too concerned with ourselves. And this has to change. 
many of us are, are amazing evangelists and witnesses, and, and for many of you, this is, this is not going to apply. But I think a little bit in all of us, we get far con- too concerned with our own needs, wants, desires, that we abandon our call that God made us for to actually reveal His kindness and His glory to the world around us. And then we get stuck in like weird places of instability. We get stuck, stuck uh, in places where we're confused. He's not the author of confusion. We get stuck in places where uh, we feel double-minded. We get stuck in places where we feel powerless. What? The Spirit of the living God is in you. You are not powerless. But we get stuck in these places because we have elevated our own need above this divine purpose that God has given us. Listen, in Christ, He has given us everything that we need. So when we abandon ourselves to Him, suddenly the needs are met. Suddenly that thing that has been weighing on you, men, that porn addiction that's been weighing on you gets broken when you abandon yourself to the Lord. That need that you have of feeling needy. Like, oh, I just don't ever get what I want. I don't ever get what I need. I don't know. Get your eyes on the Lord. Abandon yourself to Him. And suddenly you find out, what? Wow, He's meeting all my needs. No, it's not perfect, but I'm full of joy. I can take cheer. Why? He's overcome the world. I'm seated in heavenly places. We, we, like Lisa, that word about the perspective shift is so good because it is exactly what the Lord is doing in this season. The reason why people don't commit to spiritual leaders in their lives is because oftentimes, and this isn't true for everybody, but oftentimes we don't commit to a spiritual leader in our life or accountability. We don't commit to community. We don't commit to certain things Because we are living in fear. We're afraid of being hurt. We're afraid that they're going to ask me for too much or this and that, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Can I just say that the Spirit of God is in you and if He's prompting you to move, to take a step in a direction, you should just do it. Be honest about what what has you bound up or what has you afraid. Be honest about that. But we all need a mentor. We all need people in our lives who are going to hold us accountable, who are going to be able to see into our heart that we're going to be vulnerable enough with to let in. As the body of Christ becomes intimate and we actually open ourselves up unto one another, look out, devil. Because all the things that the enemy wants to do to create division in the body, all the things that he wants to do is to keep you isolated and out of community. All the things. It's like when you open yourself up to people in your life that you're willing, I submit to people. If you're unwilling to submit to somebody in your life, there's a heart issue there. So, So everybody has to. This is how God established it. And it's not like one person gets to be the Lord of all. Yeah, Jesus, nobody in this room. 
I just feel like we've got it. We've got it. Some of you have some steps where you need to abandon some things to the Lord and give yourself wholly to the Lord. And the Lord said, hey, I've asked you to take this step multiple times. I've asked you to step into this place multiple times. And you've refused to do it because you're judging it as if you have the wisdom of God, but you're actually ignoring the will of God. So it is time for us to let go. Why? We were created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. God prepared him beforehand that you should walk in them. You can talk all day about wanting to be in community. But unless you commit to community, you're not in it. You're on, that, you're on a peripheral level. So find some people in your life you can commit to. I'm not saying you got to commit to harvest. Commit to some people in your life in a community that will hold you accountable and cause you to grow, cause you to thrive. Who can, who can like when you're in need, you can say, help. Because there's commitment, you know they're coming. You know they're coming. The devil better start watching out because I'm telling you, when North Idaho, when we break this, this, um, this idea that we don't need each other spiritually, when that gets broken off, when the church leaders that gets broken off of church leaders and we start to really need each other instead of I'm just over here in the corner doing my own thing. When these things start to shift and we actually allow ourselves into the fullness of the body of Christ, light is going to shine like it's never shown before. Can it start with us? Can it start with us? I mean, I'm not willing to preach this at someone else's church. I might. Sometimes our pastors actually will ask me to come in and preach things that, that's hard for them to say. And they need a, an outside voice to bring a word to it. It happens sometimes. I'm not going to give you the list of churches I'm preaching at. No, I'm just kidding. All right. I want to talk about abandonment. Um, we have to abandon ourselves to the Lord in all of this because He's the one who's done the work, and it's the spirit that witnesses with our spirit that we belong to God, right? I mean, we are his. We are his. So can we let go of all the other things that we've held on to and just grab a hold of God, right? In the old way of living, um, you know, we, what we would do is we would work hard to be approved by God. We no longer have to work hard to be approved by God because we are approved because of the body and the blood of Jesus. He has paid the price for us. I don't need to do more to be approved by God. That was a great place to say amen, hallelujah, awesome. Um, and this is from Larry Crabb. Some of you have read the book pressure's off, but I, 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 there's this one passage I felt was really important for today. He says this, abandonment, surprisingly perhaps, arouses confidence. 
The Spirit witnesses to your spirit that you do belong to God. That He is working all things together for good. That eternity will vindicate your choice to abandon the well-being of your soul to this mysterious, mostly invisible, seemingly fickle, certainly unpredictable God. When you lived the old way, you had no real confidence that he was present with you, cooperating with your purposes. Remember I said earlier, like sometimes we're, we're going on about our business and we want God to cooperate with what we're doing? And God's like, uh-uh, I'm not even there. What are you doing? Like, that's a great idea. How about you come over here where I am? Right? You guys hear me? Okay. So he says, when you lived the old way, you had no real confidence that he was present with you, cooperating with your purposes, because he wasn't. But now that you're living for his glory and drawing near to him to enjoy his nature, you experience a developing confidence that he actually is present even during your darkest night. You know because the Spirit tells you that he is present as you walk the new way toward the better hope of knowing, glorifying, enjoying, and revealing to others the wonderful, spectacular God who is really there. God's calling us into a place of abandonment to let go of the things that we have made idols of in our hearts. Why? He loves you. That's why. He does know what's best for you better than you do yourself. And he loves you. He's calling us to a place to let go of the way that we see the world, to begin to have the mind of Christ, to allow the fear, anxiety, worry, concern, all of the things that are swirling around the body of Christ right now, the divisions, the, the pain, the trauma, all that stuff. He says, can you abandon those things to me so that I can be glorified in you? Can you let me have them, please? I see you running with the weights on. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Can I take that 50-pound sack off your back, please? You all know what is in your heart, the things that God has probably spoken to you about at different moments this morning. And, and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to each of your hearts. You need to invite the Holy Spirit. In to, is there anything I need to abandon to the Lord? Okay? Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hbwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.